This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used I think only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland. And our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Not protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, Perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution. A new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hello, welcome to the Prophecy Zone. My name is Phil Armstrong, and I'll be with you for the next two hours with two guests, special guests. <laughs> and um, the first guest will be Mark Blitz from Al Shaddai Ministries. Uh, I remember uh, back in 2008, I saw him on uh, Prophecy in the News with J.R. Church, and I was amazed at what he was teaching. Uh, and uh, we're going to have him the first hour. And the second hour, we're going to have Ray Gino. Gino. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that name right. As much as I heard it, I should know how to pronounce it. Uh, but he's from Prophecy Ministries, and uh, we're going to talk about Bible prophecy. We're also going to be talking about the armor of God and what we should be doing in the last days. Uh, I just want to talk about something for a minute uh, really quickly before I bring my first guest on. Um, this is called the Prophecy Zone, and, I, and a while back, uh, back in 2009, I came up with the name because I, I looked at the Twilight Zone, so I watched the Twilight Zone, and I said, that's quite unusual. Uh, that show, I've been watching that show for 30-some years since I was a kid. And um, Twilight Zone was a show, if you don't know, uh, that strange things happen, the unheard of, the the um, back then they didn't have all this paranoia um, activity on TV as popular as today. But some of the strangest things happen. Like for instance, a person would have a stopwatch and they can stop everybody from moving in the whole entire world while they clean out the banks. Uh, for a Christian to bring that up, then uh, you know, shame on me. But that's one of the shows I remember. I also remember this one kid was able to. Um, 
put uh, curses on his family, the parents, and the parents were scared to even correct him because he can make the father's head big or make the father's head shrink. I mean, he's and everybody's scared of him. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think his name was Johnny. But anyway, um, the prophecy zone is a place where I will bring people on who I don't agree with. But does that make me unsafe because I bring somebody on who I don't agree with? I mean, I have a couple of co-hosts that was post-trib. I'm pre-trib. Do we divide the family of God because uh, disagreements? I mean, to me, I think when I, like when I was in Hawaii and we have riffraff between churches, I would think the NFL or the NBA or, or colleges against colleges in scholarly manners or something like that, or corporations against corporations. Um, and maybe that was a strength that God decided to do is to allow people to go into different denominations. But in the process of splitting into different denominations, are they going to go to hell in the process of going from one denomination to the next? So... We all come together in Christ. I was on, I'm on Facebook, right? And people are so mean on Facebook. I mean, it's almost to a point where you're, you're wanting to know, are, you, are they saved? Now, I've, I've exposed people before, but I've never seen it uh, to the point of it is now. And I don't mind being corrected. That's fine. And my main point was, uh, well, I ain't going to really go into my main point, but I've been on Facebook, and I, I don't like to be on Facebook as much. And the late, one of the ladies made a comment, so you're not in here all the time. All you're doing is plugging your show. Well, trust me, I don't need Facebook to plug my show because most of the listens don't come from Facebook. It actually comes from Blog Talk Radio and YouTube or whatever. But the now, as far as my guest today, um. I'm going to ask a series of questions because these questions were put on me to ask two of my guests. Um, and one of my guests, I, I don't know, I have to ask him, is he post-trip, pre-trip, or mid-trip? Well, therefore, you're not my brother if you're either either or. I mean, really. So um, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, and uh, when I get back, I'm going to bring my first guest on, Mark Blitz. And I will be right back.
This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. Now, be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future and the rapture of the church of the concentration camps of the enemy. Your host once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to The Zone, The Prophecy Zone. microphone as y'all can tell I have an extremely deep voice and sometimes my voice overpowers the guest so I've decided to do all interviews uh, I know I should have already did shame on me I should have already dialed in um, but I did not do it matter of fact you just hung up on me but I can turn off the microphone I don't know have any idea how how high the microphone is but um anyway uh with that, without any further ado, I'd like to bring on my guest. Mark, are you there? Yes, I sure am, Phil. Hey, how you doing, brother? Hey, doing fantastic. Doing great. 
That's great. That's great. Um, I have uh, been watching you for a while, as I said in the introduction, um, and 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 as for what I see, um, and and I don't I, in tonight's show, um, I like to apologize um, because, um, and I'm be up front with you. I don't want you hanging up on me. Um, I to me, I, I've been watching you for a while. And listening to you for a while, and as, as far as I'm concerned, you're good to go uh, for me. Um, I, I I just want to set some people straight um, tonight. I mean, because I got attacked on um, for various reasons for, and you're not you're not the first person I've been attacked for. And I had to sit up here almost into showtime until they took one of the treads off of one of the. Um, and I was like, thank God they took it off. And one of the brothers, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, he's on television. He does pretty good uh, on one of the main networks. I know him personally because he's on my show. He's going to be on my show later on this month or early next month. And, um, and he was just looking forward to listening to what you have to say. And um, as far as the blood moons and stuff, because we're going to get to that. Uh, uh, and I'm going to ask you some questions later on. And um, it's not it, the questions are not coming from me. It's coming from another source. So um, the first questions I want to talk about is 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 uh, God's news uh, when you're on um, with um, JR Church uh, and um, in 2014-15 uh, signs in the skies, and then we'll go from there. Sure. So. What I want to talk about is uh, not necessarily how you came across that because it's uh, when people you know see you on YouTube they probably figure that out by now. But um, the interesting thing is is is, is throughout history these things actually happen on, on Jewish feasts that are lined up with um, with eclipses. So go go into how that works, uh, as far as how that works, and then go into how you see God is trying to sing those uh, according to Luke twenty one. Sure. Well, I think the best place to begin is in the beginning, and in Genesis chapter one fourteen. When God said he created the sun and the moon, uh, if we read the, what the scripture plainly says, he says the number one reason is for signs. Or signals. Yeah. That's what the word means, like one if by land, two if by sea. And then yeah. not only for signs, the next word is for seasons. But that's an inaccurate English translation. Because when we read season, we think winter, spring, summer, fall. But that's not the correct word. The Hebrew word there is moed, which is the same word the English translated, uh, translators translated as the word feast in Leviticus 23. So here, yeah. the very same Hebrew word they translate as feast, where we think of food, and the other places, seasons, where we think of winter, spring, summer, fall, they have nothing to do with each other, and both translations are completely wrong. The word mm -hmm. moed means a divine appointment. And I, I would hope most of your believers listening believe in divine appointments, but there's our stuff that are scheduled. And the scheduled yeah. ones are like Passover, Pentecost, you know, trumpets, tabernacles. Well, when God created the sun and the moon, from a scientific standpoint, you can only have a total solar eclipse on the first day of a biblical month. 
You can only have a total lunar eclipse on the middle of a biblical month. And so God decided to schedule the feast days like Rosh Hashanah on the first day of the month and Passover and Tabernacles on the middle of the month so he could use the sun and the moon to send signals. I mean, this is just plain as day. And what's important for people to realize, this is not a theory. These are facts. Uh, The theory would come to be what they mean, but it's a fact the eclipses occur on the biblical holidays, and I can't control an eclipse, and I don't control the biblical calendar. So what I'm doing is just connecting the dots, uh, and that's why it says in Isaiah, it says in Joel, it says in the Gospels, like you said in Luke and in Revelation, the sun will turn to sackcloth, the moon to blood, uh, the plain meaning of the text are eclipses. And so like you said, when they happen on uh, God's appointed times, like in 1967 and 68, you have these, and then at the same time they capture Jerusalem. Uh, in 48, of course, they become a nation, and then you see them in 49 and 50. And it, it doesn't happen for 400 years prior. So yeah. to me, this is just looking at patterns. Yes, sir. Now, how did it fulfill the – no, actually, let me back up. The spring feast. So these are seven feasts, right? Uh, yes, or appointed times, yes. Yeah, appointed times. And we have four in the spring, and we have, is it one, three in the spring, one in the summer, and then three in the fall? Well, you have Passover, and then the very next day is the unleavened bread, and three days later the Feast of first fruits, and then you have Pentecost or Shavuot, you know, in June, roughly. And then uh, in the fall you have the Feast of Trumpets, followed by the Feast of Yom Kippur, followed by the Feast of Tabernacles. So those are the three fall feasts. I'm sorry, brother. I was talking to my son. <laughs> okay, so the 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 spring feasts of you, you always said they have been a, they already they already been fulfilled, right? Well, kind of. I believe there's multiple fulfillments. I don't believe there's just one time checklist, you're done. Just like there's not one winter, we never have winter again. Uh, or we only have one summer, and then we never have summer again. I believe a lot of these are fulfilled over and over. There's multiple fulfillments. Okay. Now, do you see any connection to Jesus Christ as the fulfilling these spring feasts? Oh, well, my goodness. Uh, yeah, see, here's the thing. The word... Uh, convocation, these feasts were called convocations, which in Hebrew means a dress rehearsal. And so what does that mean? Just like in a wedding, you go to the dress rehearsals, you know what is going to happen when the wedding comes. Well, these feasts were called dress rehearsals. That's why every year uh, the Jews would kill the Passover lamb on Passover, because Jesus was going to die on Passover. Matter of fact, they would slay it at 3 in the afternoon, because he's going to die at 3 in the afternoon on Passover. Uh, even Pentecost or Shabbat, oh, most Christians don't know the Jews have been keeping Pentecost every year for 1,500 years, and to this day the Jews still keep Pentecost, and I don't know any Pentecostals who do. Uh, but if you remember, Peter said, hey, these guys aren't drunk, it's the third hour of the day. Well, that's nine in the morning, time of the morning sacrifice, a dress rehearsal. All the Jews from all the nations were there because they had to be there. Uh, and so they were not only filled to the day, but to the very hour. Yeah, exact hour. Um, Daniel chapter nine twenty-seven, um, if you calculates almost to the exact time that Christ would come. Uh, now, let me ask you a, a question, and this is not in, you know, I even I even ask Christian people this: um, Do you can do you consider Jesus Christ as the one that was fulfilling the Torah? and the Old Testament prophecies? 
Well, <clears throat> yes, but you have to decide, uh, decide how you're going to define the word fulfill. Because he yeah. fulfills it doesn't mean we're not supposed to. It says love is the fulfilling of the law, and we don't say, well, I don't have to love anybody because Jesus did that. Yeah. Uh, what that, the word fulfill really means is to explain, to give a good example of for us to follow. Yeah. Now, is the Greek text something that you look at or you, or you think is still valid today? Well, I don't speak Greek, but I still look at the Greek text, and I think it's important to understand the culture. You have to understand the culture when things were written. Uh, and yeah. one of the big examples of the Greek text, uh, whether uh, I don't, I mean, do you believe the media is biased, Phil? Yeah. You know, to, yeah. Well, so were the translators, because yeah. like the word uh, synagogue is from the Greek word synagogue. Well, in Revelation, it talks about those of the synagogue of Satan, and everyone goes, "Ooh, synagogue, Satan, bad." But synagogue didn't, uh, synagogue didn't mean synagogue. It meant assembly, which yeah. is why in the book of James it says if one comes into your assembly with a gold ring, well, the word there is synagogue, but they don't want to make people think that they met in the synagogue, so they decided to put assembly there. So, yeah. yes, I am familiar with the Greek, and, and I think most Christians need to be because there's a lot of purposely, I believe, mistranslated Greek words in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as, as far as, do you consider yourself a messianic Jew? No. Okay, so what do you consider yourself? Are you, are you a Christian or what? Uh, I really don't like to be put in a box and labels. Uh, I just consider myself, kind of like it says in Revelation, um, uh, I have the testimony of Jesus and I keep the commandments. So. Okay, yeah. Okay, so... Um, the, the Bible, you, you, you use the New Testament as well? Of course, I believe in the inspiration of the New Testament. Okay. Um, you have to. I, I now, connect the dots. I've tried to yeah. uh, give you a good example. See, the problem is most Christians, when they read the New Testament, because they have cut themselves off from the Jewish roots, don't realize uh, some of it isn't necessarily theologically important. But like when Peter denied Christ and the cock crowed uh, three times, yeah. that had nothing to do with roosters. Historically, roosters and chickens were never allowed in Jerusalem. So the event didn't happen like that. The priest, uh, who at sunrise would crawl out three times for the other priest to begin the services, he was known as the cockcrow. So, yes, the event happened, but not the way Christians understand, because they don't know the culture. Yeah, because some people believe that Paul, um, or at least some people in the world believe that Paul was on a horse, the Bible never said that Paul, you know, fell off the horse uh, and was blinded. He just says he was blinded. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Now, is, do you look at, uh, you say you look at the New Testament. The, is, do you believe that the, the writings of Paul was valid for today? I keep asking you the same question because I'm trying to get a, uh, these questions out the way. Yeah. No, I um I believe in the inspiration of the New Testament. Good. Okay. So that's that's, that's that's about it. And one more they one more question the lady had. Um do you have to keep 633 laws in the in the Torah? 
Uh, well, I think you mean 613, number one. Number two, yeah. uh, it's impossible. First off, uh, most of the commandments were to the land of Israel, and I don't live in Israel. Even the Jews can't keep them because there are six million are in the United States or elsewhere around the world. Plus, there's no yeah. temple. Uh, so, yeah. and But I do keep as many as I can, but it's not for my yeah. salvation. I mean, just like the commandment was uh, judges uh, shouldn't take bribes. Well, I'm not a judge. Can I keep that? No. But can I make it apply? Even though I'm a pastor, I still think I shouldn't take a bribe. Another law was employers should pay their employees on time. Uh, I don't think I'd appreciate a Christian employer saying, I don't have to pay you when I'm supposed to because I'm not under the law. So the problem is most Christians are clueless when it comes to understanding the 613 commandments. Yeah, that is a lot. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm looking something up right quick. Okay, so yeah, I, I I just wanted to get those out the way, and 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 and, and I want to continue on talking about the 2014-2015 blood moons, and on what's your take on that? Yeah, well, uh, again, um, I don't know exactly. Uh, all I can say is I can kind of diagnose what I think it may happen, but it's only based on the pattern. Uh, and when you look at the pattern in 48 and 67, I think what it's telling us, there will be a biblically prophetic war will take place in Israel. I mean, we have the Isaiah 17 war with uh, Damascus being destroyed, which is right upon us anyway, it seems like. We have the Psalm 83 yeah. war, you got the Ezekiel 38 war. So I think two things. I think, number one, I think they signify a biblically prophetic war involving Israel. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to happen in 2013, 14, 15, or 16, but it could happen yeah. anywhere in there. So I'm not setting dates either. Uh, but then the other thing is what I think in the fall of 2015, we could see the total global economic collapse. And yeah. I say that because of what happened in 2001 on Rosh Hashanah. This is a Shemitah year. Uh, the yeah. Dow fell 7%. 2008, the Dow fell 7%. We had the big economic collapse. And now the next Shemitah year is 2015. And yeah. so I think there's a good possibility. And I'm not saying 100% on any of these. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm not even saying that these are going to happen. I'm just saying, looking at the pattern, this is what I think could happen. Yeah. Because uh, me, myself, I... I'm, I, I think that those do have some type of, you know, validness um, to it because of what, what God said in, in Leviticus 23, but um, and um, Genesis also. What what I do now is I, I, I kind of um, walk softly on a lot of this stuff that, that oh, we yeah. pass through. With even with the with the with the ghost caught a common element up there, and that was 2011. A lot of people fell for that. Even some reputable people fell for that um, type of thing. But I think it's interesting. And and um, let me let me ask you a question. Every time Rosh Hashanah comes around for me, I'm not you know I'm not trying to be funny or nothing. But I actually I wouldn't say observe it because I don't know. I'm not Jewish and I'm not over there, but I do kind of look at things more cautiously around Rosh Hashanah. Now, do 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 you do you observe um, the the feast of God, or do you um, absolutely do for Passover? Yeah. Uh, this last Passover, we had 1,500 people come to our Passover seder. We had a dozen pastors from all denominations who came and brought their members. 
and a lot of them want me to help them this next year. We just celebrated Rosh Hashanah. We had well over a thousand people at Rosh Hashanah. Uh, but people need to realize, uh, just like with Moses' tabernacle, God told Moses to make it after the pattern in the heavenlies. Well, guess what? They're, they're are, they are practicing Jesus' return in the heavenlies. On Rosh Hashanah, they're blowing so far. So we're to be like the harmonic resonance or the echo of what's going on in heaven. Once a year, what we do, we blow so far 100 times. And uh, we have a great celebration of praise and worship, and I teach about Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah. And uh, it's it's a dress rehearsal. Like I said, this is a dress rehearsal for Jesus' return. Why would you want to be at the dress rehearsal? Yes, sir. Yeah, I get that greatly. Okay, I want to I want to hear hear my um, tone, so I have to have my cell phone kind of turned up. So I apologize for that. Um, do you believe that we need to um, keep the feast in order to be saved? Because I I like myself. I like to uh, when the Rosh Hashanah comes around, I got my eyes wide open. I might not know what to do, but I know what time it is in Israel. And I know what the time it is and what time it's over in the Pacific Standard Time as well as Eastern sure. Standard Time. And I observe it sort of, not not for my salvation, but I observe it for, I mean, cause God, I mean, I observe it because that's what God says, but it has nothing to do with my salvation. Do you believe that uh, the following the feast has something to do, you know, with your salvation if you ignore it or, um, or if you don't really pay attention to it or your preacher doesn't preach it? Do you believe we're responsible to to follow those feasts? Well, uh, we're saved by grace through faith, uh, period. Now, but if God's throwing a party, I want to be there. And I think it's pretty dumb not to want to be there. Uh, for yeah. me, uh, I want to do whatever God says to do because he said to do it. Uh, that's yeah. why I want to yeah. do it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, God knows what he's talking about. That's the first thing you've got to believe is he knows what he's talking about. And yeah. so if God says to do something, I'm going to do it. But think about this yeah. way. The laws and rules weren't for unbelievers. The laws and rules yeah. are for believers. You don't yeah. tell your neighbor kid what to do. You only tell your kid what to do. For people yeah. to not want to do what God says, I mean, if your, neighbor, if, if your dad told you to clean your room, okay, well, you do it because you're, you're, you know, you're his kid. Now, he's not going to tell yeah. the neighbor kid to go clean your room. And even if the yeah. neighbor kid did clean your room, it doesn't make him you know, part of the family just because he cleans your room. So, uh, yeah. again, Christians just really understand the whole concept of the law. Yeah. Now, Jesus says, uh, and hopefully I get it right, and I'm in the right chapter. Jesus said, uh, he said in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right. What commandments are you actually talking about? Well, he's talking. Well, yeah, that's a very good question. I'm so glad you asked that. Basically, he also said he didn't do anything that his father didn't tell him. I think he's talking about his father's commandments. Jesus didn't come to do his own will. He even said that he came to do his father's will. So the commandments he's talking about is uh, the commandments that were already given. There, there's, he didn't give any new commandments. You know, when he said, you know, a new commandment I give you is like to love one another, well, that wasn't a new commandment. It's the same commandment. What he gave was a new understanding of the commandment. Because I like to say, you know, you may how, who gets to determine what love means? Well, the Torah is what determines what love means. How do you love? By taking care of the widow, the poor, the orphans. I mean, you could have a stalker who's stalking a movie star, and they think they love the movie star. Well, the movie star doesn't think that they love them. And so the Torah defines love. Yeah. Now, do you believe that 
if 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 I wanted to just let's just say I, I'm a believer of the whole Bible and and I like the King James myself. Now I believe that the New Testament is just that new, and the Old Testament is old. But I believe that the Old Testament needs to be used. And you might disagree. That's fine. Um, I know you agree with that part, but you might disagree with how I put that whole thing together, the New Testament versus the Old Testament. But I, I'm, 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 I believe that the Old Testament has not been excluded because the Bible says, Jesus says, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill right. it. So with that being said, do you value the New Testament just as much as you value the Old Testament? Oh, well, the New te- well here's the thing. Um People got to realize too, the New Testament is not the New Covenant. The New Testament is writing about the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. uh, I, I believe you need them both. I think yeah. uh, the New Testament kind of defines the Old Testament. It doesn't replace the Old Testament. And our so terms really aren't even that great. So when Jesus is, so when Jesus is saying, "If you love me, you'll keep his, keep my commandments." Could I mean let's say There's you're like two thousand commandments in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thirteen sounded like a lot. There's a couple thousand in the New Testament. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. To, to observe what Jesus said, for me, I, the Old Testament. I go back to the Old Testament and I look at Joshua, and wow, the power of God was illustrated in chapters, you know, one through whatever yeah. books. And I go through and look at Moses and the power of, Mo, you know, the God will put through Moses to, you know, part the Red Sea. And, I mean, just amazing things. And I listen to what the Old Testament is asking you to do in general. And those laws is if, you know, go shoot your child. I mean, well, but. Well, never say go shoot your child in the Old Testament. <laughs> I mean, some people like to do it now. <laughs> some people wish them laws were illegal now, but. But the the thing is, is that in in the New Testament, to to me, is is the the Old Testament, is the New Testament, concealed in the New Testament, is the Old Testament revealed. Do you want? Do you believe that? Yeah, I, well, it could be, could be. Yeah, I think it gives us greater understanding. But you have to have both. If you remember yeah. the Bereans, they said, Paul, if you don't follow the Torah, you're out of here. The Bereans were it, looking to see if Paul lined up with the Torah. Yeah, and they didn't Paul, have Paul the, didn't trump the Torah. The Torah trumped Paul. And if Paul yeah. didn't line up, the Berean says he's off the wall. And they didn't have the New Testament in front there of them. There were no I mean, Gideon Bibles. This is correct back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the thing I believe that Jesus is saying, he said it also in First John also. He talks about keeping his commandments. The way the right. thing I do is I like to I like to read the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So right. I, I like to read Psalms. I read, like to read Genesis. I like to read the whole thing. Some books some books are like, man, I'm stupid. Either I'm just the dumbest person in the world, or everybody it's not common to men that I should not be illiterate because I read like certain things. I have to read it over and over and over, and it's not because I'm meditating on it. It's just because I can't. <laughs> Comprehend what the heck it's saying, like an Ezra or uh, a Chronicles. It's like wow, this is crazy. But then when you study it with, you know, you study the Word of God, you take your time studying each book, then you start to get a revelation of what it's actually saying. But in the New right. Testament, it's coming straight at you. It, you know, and then there's places in the New Testament where it's First and Second Corinthians, especially Second Corinthians, where it's like, huh. And even Peter said that that Paul's stuff is sometimes hard to read. Yeah, 
So I think it was Peter, one of them two, one of those guys. Yeah, yeah you're right. So, so the way I see him saying, if you love me, keep my commandments, first of all, the Ten Commandments, I, I, the way Jesus illustrated the Ten Commandments, I can't keep those. Like, for instance, you know, I'm not saying I go around looking at a lady, but I'm saying I can't keep those. I'm going to eventually goof up. But when it comes to, like, you know, God's help helping us, you know, do those things, the Ten Commandments should be observed because if, if, if people are making a racket about, oh, you took the Ten Commandments out of the state, you know, legislation in Georgia, and everybody on you on Facebook and YouTube is like, why did you do? You know, they they get mad at that get mad, and then they'll turn around when you say, well, God wants you to look at the Ten Commandments and observe them. They get really angry with you. Why is that? Are you talking about Christians or non Christians? Yeah, Christ, Christians, believers. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think some people are lawless. You know, even the Antichrist, it talks about that in the Thessalonians when the wicked one is revealed. And that word wicked means without Torah, without law. Uh, and we live in a lawless society. Everyone wants to say, you're not the boss of me. And they just don't like the idea of even God having authority. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, that's what I'm starting to see. Well, what do you believe about the Hebrew roots movement. Well, I, um, I don't. It's uh, I don't know. It's even like the messianic. I call it messianic, uh, and the Hebrew roots thing. It, there's, there's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's got some bad apples, just like everything else. So, I, yeah. I you know, I don't know. Uh, there's some good things and some bad things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying, brother. Uh, for instance, you know the the Harbinger um, book about the Harbinger. Now I'm gonna have, and I'm probably gonna take people off. I seem like I'm be really good at that pretty soon. Um, the Harbinger. I, w- I would like to get the guy that wrote the Harbinger, but right now I'm getting the guy that's actually exposing the Harbinger. So people are gonna say, well, why you got both of them on there, or, or even one of the guys that you know, they one of those guys might get mad at me. But the thing is, is I'm just trying to bring everything to the surface, and let, I mean, I, I don't, I don't easily believe everything I hear. Right. But, well, that's important, uh, and I think that's good. I mean, there's people out there that think I'm the Antichrist for heaven's sake. And, uh, <laughs> well, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. There's people out there that misinterpret what I'm saying, or say that I'm saying things I'm not saying because other people have said it, and then they just run to the bank with it, and they have no clue. So yeah. um, I appreciate you having me on because I can clarify things. Uh, there's a lot of lies out there, but that's just yeah. you know typical. Yeah. Well, like I say, I don't, me, myself, I don't think people understand. I, you know, I have to have shows to tell them who, who I am and what I, what defines me. It's because the, I say, I'll call this show The Prophecy Zone a while back, back in 2008. And it's just like, I don't know if you're familiar with The Twilight Zone, but oh, I bring yeah, I people on. it all the time. Yeah, I bring people on here who not now. If I bring somebody on here that's false, I better have somebody on here to contradict them. So I'm not going to bring anybody on here false unless I'm ready to rip a button, rip rip a new hole in them. And and people don't understand that just because you bring certain people on here. Now, I, for me, I've been watching you for a while, and and I don't see I didn't see anything that would cause me to slow down. And even if there was something there. Or even if there was something in me, 
you know, I would expect you would probably say, well, I would expect the person that's getting invited on the show to actually say, okay, I don't like what he's saying, okay, I'm going to drop it. Rather than the talk show person, after after all these, you know, days I've told you to come on, it'll drop you. And and most of these people, they got mad at me because I was just using common sense. I mean, I would say, just show me one thing that you can just say, you know, and even even with my um, guests in the past, there's been a lot of got people where they, you know, leave treads and, and comments like Chris Putnam. You know, well, what what is he, you know, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just have him on the show. I mean, it's, you know, he's a brother in Christ, and he has to be totally in error, and you're a brother in Christ. So I don't, you know. I don't really listen to anybody unless they have good advice and they're, you know, you know, you're heading in the wrong direction. And I look at the scripture and say, yeah, I am heading in the wrong direction. Thank you very much. So I'll go this way. But until that happens, I'm, I don't really care what people say. I hope I don't. Yeah, I've got, see, I've got people that, uh, that like me, but I totally disagree with them theologically. I mean, I have people yeah. that will put a link on their website to my website, uh, but as yeah. far as they're concerned, the whole New Testament is not inspired and Paul's the Antichrist, you know. And so people well, then see things like that, then they associate me with that person. Or people yeah. write books. A lot of people have been writing books about the blood moons, and I haven't even written a book on it. And uh, <laughs> they'll put things in there. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, you know, guilt by association on some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that blood moon thing. I remember you you were on J.R. Church's um, show and you were talking sure. about that, that first blood moon that you saw. And I think it was two thousand seven or eight. It was really early. Yeah, and, yeah. And and then you saw um, other other um, things like the the. And, and matter of fact, speak for real quick on the on um, the off on times of off as yeah. far as Jewish history. Could you? Yeah, sure. The 9th of Av, which is like, let's say, the 9th of August, roughly, uh, is the day the ten spies brought the bad report, and Joshua and Caleb brought the good report. And so that day ended up becoming cursed in history. I mean, that's when the temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar on the 9th day of Av. That's when Rome destroyed the temple in 70 A.D. on the 9th day of Av. Uh, you know, that's when all the Jews were kicked out of England on the 9th of Av. World War I started on the 9th of Av. Hitler's proclamation to kill the Jews on the 9th of Av. You know, and then they evacuated the Gaza Strip on the sunset of the 9th of Av. And it's like, my goodness, there's these patterns here. And so that's why, uh, well, Zechariah 8:19 says that ninth of Ab is going to turn from a fast day to a feast day. Well, that hasn't happened yet. So there's a prophecy that the, pro- the prophecy people are clueless on when that day even occurs. How are they going to know when the prophecy is fulfilled unless they're on the biblical calendar? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, that uh, time, what is the time frame for that? Is it like July, early July? Yeah, to yeah late? right. End of July, 1st of August. It bounces around in there. Yeah, but we Is have biblical calendars available on our website. I don't know if you guys have any, but we have biblical no. calendars that overlay the biblical calendar with our normal calendar, and we even put yeah. all the the astronomical signs of the eclipses on it too. With Comet Ithon, wow. by the way, you're probably familiar with wow. Comet Ithon. No. Comet Ithon, uh, it's even out in the news today in NASA. It's the uh, 
this century, maybe this millennium's largest comet. It'll be seen during the daytime. It's supposed to be bigger and brighter than a full moon. The tail millions of miles long. Uh, it'll be seen during the daytime, and it's supposed to loop around the sun on November 28th when the, oh. uh, it just lights up. Well, guess what? That's the first night of Hanukkah. And if you don't know oh. the biblical calendar, you don't realize God's saying, I get to light the first candle, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never heard of that. No, yeah. I think just everybody. Google ISON, Comet ISON. Yeah. Uh, spell that again. I S O N, like a daughter okay. or a son. It's I okay. and son S O N, not S U N. I S O N, Comet ISON. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll do that as soon as the show is over with. And um, yeah, so you, uh, what are you doing now? As far as you, you up in Tacoma, right? Yes. Yes. Are you doing speak, uh, speaking arrangements and stuff like conferences and things? Oh, yeah. Well, I just got done speaking in Washington, D.C., and the following weekend wow. I spoke in Colorado Springs. Yeah. And I'm uh, – so I, tr I travel all over. Normally I go to Sweden and Switzerland and Germany and Israel but, uh, and speak, yeah. but this last year I took a break because I had too much going on here. And yeah. so I'm going to pick it back up again next fall or next spring, leading trips to Israel again the end of April, 1st of May. We, oh, wow. we already have like 60 people signed up for the Israel trip the last week of oh. March, first week of April. We still mm -hmm. have room for about 10 more people. Wow, that sounds good. So everybody out there, if you hear that, he's got room for 10 more people. Yeah, I like to come over there and, and interview you because I, I like to find out everybody in this general area and go interview them as far as Bible prophecy is concerned and get a good um, feel on, uh, maybe make a small documentary about what's what's going on and what's going to happen in the future. Uh, Where do you been, live? What state are you in? I'm, I'm in your. I'm in Washington State. I'm in Spokane, oh. Washington. Yeah. Oh, okay, I was sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. We we're we're up here in the Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful up here. Uh, when I first, before I moved up here with my wife, I was kind of hesitant. You know. Because I didn't think it was nothing out here on the east side of Washington, but once I got here, it turned out to be a, a good place to you know, raise kids. Uh, I think there's a, a great meth problem up here, but uh, yeah, people like a little to break town in. of Methlehem. Yeah, people want people want to break into other people's houses and, and take. I mean, we even had a, a jar of milk. Um, stowed out of our car when my my son a couple of years ago, and we felt bad for we were laughing and felt bad for the person at the same time because they broke our window just to get uh, a, a bottle of milk, and they didn't even know that until they finished it off. I hope they didn't drink the milk though, but uh, <laughs> it was bus milk. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm really grateful you came on. I mean, I I didn't mean to make it sound. I just kind of like was kind of. Uh, amazed at how people don't listen, you know. And I try to tell them that you probably, you probably gonna get mad at me in the future because I'm probably gonna have people on here that really, you know, will tickle your fancy. But um, it doesn't matter because you just, you know, you're getting the word out and and preaching the gospel as long as long as that's happening. And people want to stop you from doing what you're doing. 
um, and they're not doing anything. So I asked the one lady to give me some questions then. I asked another individual guy. It's pretty and I asked him, say, give me the questions. Give me some questions to ask him if you want to, if you want, if you think you're going to, you know, you were right and he's wrong. Because I don't have nothing on the guy. It's just <laughs> make me find, makes me sound like those guys back in uh, Jesus' time. Well, I don't, I don't have nothing on them. <laughs> you know, punch <laughs> pilot. I don't have nothing on them. But uh, thank you very much for coming on, brother. And uh, I'd like to get you in the, in the, in the, on in the future, if you don't mind. Sure. I'd also like to take a trip up there to Tacoma and interview you if you if you can sure. make some time next year sometime. Okay, no, God bless you, brother, and thank you, you so too, much bro. for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Mark Blitz. And that's, he's from El Shaddai Ministries, and I'd like to once again thank him for coming on. So we're going to take a, a break, and I haven't heard, um, I don't, I, hopefully our guest is on, but uh, I'm praying that he'll call in in a few minutes, and if he does, that would be great. But I'm going to take a break. Um, the first commercial is, a, don't even pay attention to it. The rest of them you can pay attention to. We're good. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture an American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. America's habit forming. Status habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com. out our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the new world order? The people who are talking about the new world order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? 
I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is the Prophecy Zone. share something with you. I think that's my guess, but I wanted to share something with y'all real quickly. Um, I believe that you, at the point of contact, uh, that means when you are saved, you are saved by grace and nothing else at the point of contact. Meaning when you give your life to Christ, there's nothing else there that will stand in the way besides a a soft heart that is willing to accept uh, your responsibilities and repent. The first thing that Jesus said was to repent. The first thing that John said was to repent. So repentance has to be important. Well, uh, the Hebrews movement believes in, uh, from what I know, and I'm going to start doing my study on that, and I'm going to come back, and I'm, I'm not going to say too much to talk ignorance from them, but I'm just going to say that they believe in that you follow the the, the the laws of you know what they did in in Israel at the time um, and that freaks me that creeps me out um, that really does creep me the heck out um, but I, I'm gonna say real something real quick because I, I, I my my guess is waiting but um grace if it is genuine is not alone. I mean, you're saved by grace, but grace that produced that you believe in and you then you put your life in Christ, you, you know, you believe that Christ is your Lord and Savior, he tells you what to do. He's your boss, and that's the scripture we read earlier, that if you love me, you keep my commandments. We're not saved by works, but James said something in particular. He says, what type of person will look in the mirror and forget what he looks like? So therefore, be ye hearers of the word and not, I mean, doers of the word, but not hearers only. Let me read it. It says, um, it says in verse 21 of chapter 1, it says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding, beholding his face in a, in, a, in a glass. And it says, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forget what he, what manner of person he was. Emphasis mine. Now, I'm not saying you're saved by works. You have nothing to do with salvation at the point where you say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to I belong to you. You have nothing to do with the, what he did on the cross. What you 
need to realize is that, and it says in Romans chapter 6, so I sin that grace may abound. In other words, should I sin and practice sin that I will expose God's grace? And I hear a lot of people talk about grace and how grace is supposed well, you know, no matter what you're doing, God is going to save you and take you to heaven. Matter of fact, you can go rob a bank, you can have messed up practices. And I'm not talking about just the simple people with anger issues, because me, myself, I have to deal with anger issues. So I ask God to forgive me, and trust me, when you're on Facebook and you hear them talking the way they talk today, God is delivering me from those anger issues, because I can just, I can just look at a tread, respond to it, and walk away with love. Sometimes I get a little personal. Sometimes I can get a little nasty. But I do it to just see if I can get this person to get it. And if they don't get it, I sort of come back and, you know, bandage up the wounds with with a few posts. But, see, God wants us to get saved, and our love for him produces now we're not saved by the production, but it it is a it's a signal that we are saved by the production. Because when we go out and, and have we care about what Christ wants us to do, we care about people who are unsaved, we care about our family, we care about paying your bills on time, we we care about uh, missionary work, we care about doing a ministry here, we care about these things if we're actually saved. But if you're lukewarm, you don't care, you just want to, you just want the things that God can give you. Did you pray that God, well, he has to give it to you because he said there was nothing I will restrain from a person who believes in me. He has to do it. I heard a pastor tell me I, he had, God has to be summoned like a genie. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick break, and then I will have a show and run my mouth. But here's the deal. No more rants. I just need, just give me like until November, and I'll be done with the rants. But I'm going to do a show, uh, Alex Jones Rant Show. I call it Alex Jones when he just rants. When I used to listen to him a couple of years ago, he would just rant, and he finally figured it out because he came on the show and said, I, I, I got to stop, you know, I, I got to stop ranting. And that's exactly how he said. I said, yeah, you got to stop ranting because I was thinking the same thing. You need to stop ranting. And ranting's good, though, when you get it out your system because i got a lot to say about false prophets and stuff. But at the same time, you know, I got, I, you know, I get the plank out of my eye first before I can get the speck out of theirs. But, oh, man, I got some shows to do on some of these guys out there now. But I'm only going to do one show so nobody can catch me. They can't YouTube me. They can't take my videos down. So one show with each issue. Okay. So I'll do Bible prophecy three times out of five. And then the other two, I'll do whatever comes up. I want to do a Mark of the Beast show. And, um, but tonight, tonight, what I want to talk, talk about, uh, I'll get back with my, uh, I read an article. Yeah, I was I was trying to read the article, but I was getting harassed by people on my treads on the on Facebook, so I didn't I couldn't get finished with this article. And um, he, he did an article. Um, excuse me if I get these mixed up, but I was reading a um, Armor of God one on his website, and I think he did one on um, 
you know, as far as uh, spiritual conditions. And I was just listening to a show a few minutes ago about um, the last days, and it, I think he did it on 8. Um, it wasn't the last days, it was attitudes in the last days. It was on 8.30. So forgive me if I uh, got those all mixed up because I was just slamming everything today. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Uh, I want to play a quick uh, Wesley Clark thing so we can maybe talk about this during the show. Well, we'll be right back. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon, and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the Joint Staff who used, used to work for me, and one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you gotta come in. you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So go through the countries again. Well, starting with Iraq, then Syria and Lebanon, then Libya, then Somalia and Sudan, and then back to Iran. Wow, that's deep. And what's going on on your screen, on the television screen? Uh, that's exactly what he just said, and he said that like a long time ago. Okay, so um, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Brother Ray. Hey, Brother, you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, Phil? Pretty good. How you doing? You're from Prophecy, uh, I've been listening to you guys on YouTube for a while, and also um, I've been going to your website quite a while and looking at, um, I love your articles that you've been putting out lately, especially the one on the armor of God, which we can, if we can, that's probably what I really want to talk about. But let's talk about, let's go talk about, um, as far because I listened to one of yours on preparation, that's what it was. It was on um, yeah. I, I was listening on iTunes, and and uh -huh. and and today I really want to express that I'm a pre-tripper. I don't know what you are, but as far as for me, this is the way I look at it. I will always be a pre-tripper. And the reason why is because for me, just like for, for anybody else out there, they might not figure out a way to prove any other but what they believe in. So that makes it easier for me to have other people on. Now, what is your, what is your take on the timing of the rapture? I, I stand on, I'm a member of the pre-trip study group. Tommy, you may know Tommy Eyes, Tim LaHaye, that whole study group up in Dallas. Yeah. I'm a yeah. member of that, and and, um, and I've been promoting a, a pre-trip for quite a while and everything. What's happened recently, though, is I've been kind of getting upset with 
with my fellow pre-trib brothers and sisters, and and I'm kind of feeling. Remember, like a long time ago, when Ronald Reagan told the Democrat Party that the Democrat Party didn't leave him, but the but or he didn't leave the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party left him. Yeah, and I'm kind of feeling that with. I'm kind of feeling that way with the pre-trib because. Yeah. It, I, I don't know what happened. Somewhere along the line, people changed. And yeah. and if you've read my articles and everything, I harp a lot on the doctrine of eminency, and it seems like people yeah. just don't care about it anymore. And yeah. the doctrine of eminency is is like one of the primary foundations of 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 the ideology. And mm-hmm. so, how can how can you know? It, it, it's the doctrine of intimacy that causes to to evangelize and live a right life and all these mm-hmm. other things, and mm-hmm. and it's somewhere along the line, pre-trip folks all of a sudden got really selfish and self-centered and yeah. and you know I've got to go on the mountaintop and sing kumbaya on the lotus position and forget <laughs> the world God's coming yeah. back soon so and, and I hate to use the word you know you know screw them. But that's yeah. what that's what a lot of pre-trip people have become, and it and, it, and it's mind blowing to me. And it's wow. like, folks, yeah. listen, don't you? What are you doing? I mean, we're like, and I hate to put it in football terms, but we're like, you know, ten seconds left, and it's three yards to go. Come yeah. on, what what are you doing? Yeah. And and people just aren't, you know. It, it, it seems like people have lost their zeal, and mm-hmm. and they're not living a true pre-trib life anymore. They're they're. Yeah. It's more of what's in it for me, and I'll just wait around. And you know, I've got my fire insurance, so you know, who cares about anybody else? And yeah. and it's like, folks, you are missing out on a major opportunity. And 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 you claim yourself pre-trib. How many? And, yeah. I, and I tell people this. I've I've confronted a lot of people and I, I get them mad and and I say buddy I mean how many people do you know that do not know the Lord and I says I bet you dollars to donuts you've got family that you that does not know the Lord I says do you and I get in their face and they go yeah yeah I do well what are you doing about it you're going to yeah. let them rot basically and go through the the trials and tribulations and everything where you have a chance right now doggone it to to share the gospel with them so at least mm-hmm. that you know that they know yeah. and 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 so many people in the pre-trib have just gotten downright stinking lazy and selfish yeah. and so i'm yeah. i've recently i've been getting a lot of help because people don't know what i am but, but yeah. i'm a hardcore you know old-fashioned guy and yeah. You know, we're we're living in the last days of the last days. This is the razor's edge. We need to be pushed until the end. We need to be running that race to the end. So Amen. many people have already given up. So yeah. <laughs> now you ask. <laughs> yeah, well, that that you right on the button. But I I might I might have to be honest with you. I didn't know what was bothering me most of the time. But when I go on Facebook and I've talked to people on Facebook and I tell them. Even if it's post-trip, mid-trip, and then for my pre-trip brothers and sisters, I would say the same thing that you just got through saying. I I would wonder why they would think the way they think sometimes. For for instance, like, I mean, if you, I don't know if you caught the first part of the show, but I had, uh, I might play it again. I got a commercial that I have that I like to play. It's it's on um, prepping. It's on um, like fruits, and me. As a matter of fact, me and my wife are going to start buying 
um, you know, foods just in case of emergency, and we're going to start kind yep. of prepping for things mm-hmm. like that. But if somebody, you know, after, after I'm gone, if somebody want to break in and steal it, just make sure you guys, sit, you know, you know, get in there and take it. That's exactly, I mean, Phil, this is something that I tell my people, and I pick people up because I get slammed a lot. I'm a prepper. I'm hardcore. And yeah. and I get slammed from folks saying, oh, you have no faith in God and blah, 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 and, and all this other junk. And I, get, yeah. I get in people's face, and I say, buddy, I say, okay, one, what are you doing on this side to share the gospel? I said, but you know what? That you can be an example on the uh, on the other side. What are you doing yeah. about your? I said, again, I go back to the friends and family, and and I says, what are you going to do for them? I says, yeah. if you're preparing now, you at least might give them a chance to. And 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 I tell people, you know. The, the expectation of living through all this and everything is, is not very good, but the key is giving these people enough time so that they can have the, the time to, to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, either yes or no, because during yeah. the tribulation period, we know that it's going to be a yes-no period, and, and yeah. so there is going to be no grave, grave matter or sitting on a fence or anything like that. And so yeah. I, I tell people, I folks, if anything, you know, if it's left behind for them, and, and, and I mean, we have Bibles, we got videos, we got all kinds of stuff, or we, we have, yes, and, and knowing, because I've got family members who are not walking completely right with the Lord. And yeah. and they and I know, I mean, they know what we do big time. Mm-hmm. And so if something yeah. did happen, guess where the first place they're going to check out? Us. Yeah. So yeah. at least you know, at least now I'm able to witness to these people on the other side, and 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 give them a chance to make the proper choice, because yeah. that's what's going to boil down to: Do you yeah. serve the AC or do you serve the Lord? One of those yes, two. Sir. There is no Buddha. There is no you know Hammurabi or whoever else you know Joseph Smith or anything like that. It's you know yeah. you know. Bob Dylan said it best, you know, you got to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. And, and that's going to be yeah. the two choices. There are no A, B, C, or D. It's A or B, period. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we have a chance, even as preppers, to prepare and allow people a chance to at least make a choice and everything. I'm, again, I'm not looking for them to survive and, and stuff. Yeah. I'm looking to give them a chance to to look over everything I have because i got Bibles and everything highlighted up and, and yeah. you know, all this other stuff, you know, waiting. Yeah. And, wow. and, and so we have the chance to witness the people. And, again, I get mad at my, at my pre-trip brothers and sisters because they're just being downright lazy. I mean, yeah. and I tell po- folks, I go, folks, listen, did God just drop an ark out of the sky for Noah, or did he have to build it? And, yeah. and well, he had to build it. Yeah. Well, did God just miraculously fill the silos of, you know, with, for Joseph and everything, or did he have to build them and fill them? Well, they mm-hmm. had to build them and fill them, right? Okay, well, what are you doing? I mean, and, and, and this is, again, why I get mad at my pre-trip friends, is that they think that God's just going to rain stinking manna from heaven and grow $20 bill trees in the backyard and rain pennies from heaven <laughs> and all this other junk, you know? And, and, it, and it's just downright slothfulness and laziness. I mean, yeah. in, in Scripture, Christ talks about, you know, in, in Proverbs, it talks about... Uh, 
be like the ant. Yeah. A N T. A A A N T. Boom. Um, <laughs> go go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. I mean, over and over again, Christ talks about, or God talks about, you know, the the being prepared and being ready and everything. Here, Proverbs thirty twenty five, the answer people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. And and so, you know, twice God talks about this in Proverbs and and yet people I get harassed by people because, oh, you have no faith in God and everything. Well, look at what our great grandparents did. What's wrong with that? I mean, pull your head out and get out of this Walmart mentality. You know, yeah. we have a chance, and, and this is this is you know, I I I really almost don't even talk about rapture anymore because I just <laughs> I people people just get me all cranked up and and, and things. Yeah. It's, it's it's a it's an argument, and and I'm getting to the point where I mean officially I'm I'm pre-trib, but I mean it's starting to get to the point where it's, I'm I'm turning pan-trib. You know what? It's going to pan <laughs> out when whatever way it happens. And it's yeah. not my concern. You know, it's God's concern, not mine. My concern is always be ready. You know, 1 yeah. Peter 3:15 says always be ready for to share the hope that's within us in meekness and fear. And 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 I say well always means always. That means in good times and in bad. So yeah. what are you doing sitting around on your thumbs just twiddling here? And, and you know, do you think that when bad times happen, because like it or not, and, and a lot of people look at America and they, they, they equate America with, with Bible prophecy. And, and I was like, folks, listen, God's throne ain't draped in the American flag or anything like this. <laughs> so we cannot be looking at America and say, oh, wow, the rapture is coming because America is doing bad. And yeah. like, no, we are an empire in decline, and we are where yeah. we are primarily because we're lazy Christians who t- did not occupy till he returned. And yeah. so don't be Remember. expecting God to come rapture us out and everything because we've been lazy and, yeah. and become complacent. And, and, and you got me on a roll, Phil. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, brother, you, you're doing you great. Know, so you know, people look at America and everything, and, and, and the thing is, and, and this is why I really don't talk about the rapture anymore and, and things, because these, they're, they're, there's these ideas, and I want people to kind of, I, I want to jar people out of their, just their common old everyday thinking and, and say, folks, listen, America is, you know, we're not part of Bible prophecy. You know, the, yeah. the Bible is a Middle Eastern book written for Middle Eastern people, and yeah. and to overlay and filter it through a Western mindset is is seriously error because you're going to come up short. You're going to come up lacking <laughs> because of this. Yes, sir. And and to think that we're going to have a rapture, and and this is this is an elitist mentality too, and it upsets me because. You know, what about our brothers and sisters in the Middle East? There's there's Christians dying for the faith, dying for the Lord. One Christian every five minutes dies in the 1040 window being persecuted yeah. for the Lord. Look in China. Look in this. And, and then I, I tell people who give me this bogus idea, and, and I say, dude, you mean that our brothers and sisters who are dying for the faith in the Middle East mean nothing to God? You mean our brothers and sisters dying in China and suffering persecution in China and other areas mean to God? 
But holy mackerel, you know, he's going to come rapture us out because our nation is doing bad, and it's going to get a little tough here. So, you know, it's all about us. And, and it's yeah. like, you elitist. And, and you know, how dare you? You know, how yeah. dare you, 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 you shame these people who are giving their lives to the Lord and, and everything. You can't hold a candle to them and, yeah. and things. And so, you know, this is – so we, we're, it, it's an interesting time that we're living in because people just, you know, they, they, they're so self-absorbed and so self-centered yeah. and materialistic and all this other stuff. And, and they forget who we serve and they forget why we serve and – and like it or not, you know, we're called to persecution. We're called to hard times. You know, pick up your cross and follow me. You know, yeah. it ain't, it ain't, it, it, the, the, the Christian life is not an easy one, but it's a joyous one. And, yeah. and our yoke is light because of him and everything. And, you know, it doesn't mean that it's a rose garden and, and everything is honky-dory, peachy keen, all this other stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is that, and I, I love what you were saying in the beginning of your show there when I was listening in and everything. You know, yes, we're saved by grace, but we're not saved by easy beliefism. There, that's another yeah. thing that has taken, you know, the church today is what I call easy beliefism. And, yeah. and, you know, yes, we are saved by grace, period. It's by grace that we are saved through faith in him. And, yeah. But, you know, once we're saved, we now have a responsibility. And that responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20, go ye therefore, you know, uh, yeah. go ye, go to the world, share the gospel, do your job, do this, and, and everything. We're not supposed to be sitting on the sidelines and sitting on our hands and, and being sluggards and everything like that. And, and actually, here, I want to uh, backtrack a little bit because we're talking about saved by grace. James, James talks about, you know, easy beliefism because he says even the devils believe in God. And in fact, the devils are more pious because they understand who Jesus Christ is, and they mm-hmm. and they tremble, and yeah. and yet here we as Christians don't even tremble in fear of God. The demons and mm-hmm. devils do, and and I always ask people, you know, well, are the demons and devils going to be in heaven? They believe, and they go, well, uh, 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 no. They what happens? And this is an excellent. Christ, God painted a picture of salvation early on in Scripture. And I want to say it's in Deuteronomy or, or Exodus. Actually, it's in Exodus. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about where the fiery serpent, and, and, and it talks about where these serpents were biting people, and people were dying and everything like that. And God sent these serpents to people because they were sinning. They were living horribly, and they were complaining. It's like, oh, God, send us back to Egypt. We had, at least we had huh. onions to eat and all this other junk. They were just constantly complaining and moaning and, you know, couldn't do anything right and everything. So God sent serpents and bit them and and everything. And finally, Moses pleaded to God, like, God, please, you know, listen, you're going to kill them all off because all these snakes are killing them. And, yeah. and, and and so Moses went to God and said, God, please, you know, you know, please, you're a merciful God, you're a loving God, you're not going to just, you know, bring us all out here and let us die. You know, you're merciful, we know that you're better than this, you know, please, yeah. please, give away. And, and God says, you know what, all right, I will make a way. You make a bronze serpent, fiery serpent, and put it up on a stick. And whoever gets out of the tent, all they need to do is they just need to get out of the tent and look upon the 
serpent, and they'll be instantly yeah. healed. That yeah. is salvation by grace. It's grace through faith. God's grace was there. God's grace was there to save them and heal them. All they had to do is get out of the tent and look. And so accept yeah. that grace by faith. And, yeah. and people often look at it and say, oh, that's works because you're doing something. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, and in fact, in, in Acts uh, 30.17, it says, you know, that, that we're called to repent first. And, and yeah. in, in 1 John, you know, 1 John 1, 9, God, it's one, it's one of my favorite verses here, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, I mean, here, here's salvation in a nutshell. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same thing that Moses, that happened in, in the desert with Moses. And, and people recognize that fiery serpent put up on, on the stick that Moses held before the people and, and things. That is the painting of salvation, faith through grace. The people mm-hmm. had, you know, they accepted it through faith. And, and, and God, it was his grace that was able to heal them. But they had to crawl their lazy rear ends out of the tent and look at the stinking snake. Yeah. And and so it's the same thing kind of with us. You know, we've got to confess our sins. We've got to realize that, you know, how do we know that we're lost? How can we be saved until we know that we're lost? And that's the yeah. same thing with, with these Israelites in, in, in the Exodus is, you know, how did they realize that they were dying until they got bit by the snake and, and things? So, you know, and here I'm rambling. I'm sorry. You get me going. No, you fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to make those quick comments because you were doing yeah. so good, and 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 God gives us a wonderful picture of salvation, and it isn't yeah. by you know people people got this easy beliefism idea that's been sold to us by Rick Warren and Joel Olstein and all these other watered down hirelings out there, you know yeah. they they they've sold down they've sold a bill of goods and and it's a cancer now that is just you know killing the church. And, so, and you know, and you know, and you know, I think it's not even. I mean, you, you those guys are obvious, but I think mm-hmm. it's even it's even some pastors that that do everything correctly and so one thing they weaken they weaken God's. The Bible says the God should raise up a standard, you know. And mm-hmm. what is what, what is the standard? I mean, what, what, he says, "Be holy, for I'm holy." He says that yeah. uh, he who practices righteousness of God, who, who practices unrighteousness of the devil. So, and then also the scripture I read earlier was like, uh, if you if you look into the mirror and you walk away, do you forget what you look like? You know, be you be doers of the yeah. word, not hearers only. So, exactly. my, you know, my thing is is that you know I you know it's not my thing. That's that's my thing. It's not my thing. <laughs> it's the <laughs> word of God. <laughs> it's the yeah. word of God. I mean, it tells us right there. That we should be changed. Even even the people that I work with, even the people that I used to be in the army with, even the people that I used to be a job corps say, "Man, you're different." You know, I'm not mm-hmm. nothing to gloat about, but I'm just saying, how do they know? The world knows before the church knows that there is something different about me, and then when there are Christians around, they don't notice it. It's yeah. weird. So how do you? Well, how does I mean, the world know? And, and the church doesn't know. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, and I and I honestly hate saying this. Um, one, one, there's a lot of people out there claiming the title Christian, and I hate to say this, the churches are filled with unsaved people who are going to burn in hell. 
They claim yeah. the title. They think they're saved. You know, they've raised their hand. They've checked a little box. They've attended 101, 201, and 301, just like good little Rick Warrenite should and all this other junk. And they think they're saved. They, you know, they belong to the Wednesday night cell group, and they, they go off and do, you know, a, a, a food drive or, or something. So they think that they're good Christians doing, doing it. And the thing is, that has nothing to do with Christianity whatsoever, you know. What, what is Christianity is, is coming to the realization that you're a worm and that God saved you and, and that, you know, he gave his life for you. And, and, in, and in here, I love, my, one of my favorite verses is, is Romans 12, 1, 1 and 2. As I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a holy living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God gave his son. Christ Amen. gave his all. He died on the cross for his. He was scourged. He was beaten. He bled. He was humiliated. He was, I mean, the list goes on and everything like that. It is our reasonable service to give our lives to our Father and our Lord who died for us. And people don't get it. And and that is our reasonable service. And but the thing is, is Christians today and, and I and I call them Cenos, Christians in name only. And mm-hmm. and the problem <laughs> is is a lot of these people aren't saved. They don't yeah. know Christ. They think they do, but they don't. And the bad thing is, is it's kind of like an inoculation. You know how you get inoculated for the flu and everything? These yeah. people are now inoculated to the true gospel because they think they're saved. And when you walk up to them and you tell them, dude, you're not saved. I love you as a brother, but why are you doing this? And why this and why that? And and they give you all this stinking Joel Olstein psychobabble junk. And, <laughs> and I'm saved by grace, man. Stop being a Pharisee. Don't judge me. How dare you judge me? And, yeah. and, and, and I said, well, well, why are you conforming to this world when Romans 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. They may prove that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What are you doing? Amen. You know, you're, you're going out and getting piercings and tattoos and this and that and, you know, partying and rock and rolling all day and partying all night and everything. And then you come to church and, you know, oh, I did my church, so I'm therefore holy. And, you know, and you get that little feel-good, warm, fuzzy scrub on the belly junk. And and you think you're good to go. And and, and it's like, buddy, you're going to go burn in hell. And they don't want to hear it. Man, and, and it's because they bought into this easy beliefism junk, and yeah. you know. So, so <laughs> let me let me let me read some scripture to you. Okay. Uh, Matthew seven, and you've heard mm. you, you're familiar with this. I Matthew, love 7, Matthew seven, verse thirteen. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go and twist, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that few find it. Few there be that find it. Explain that. And chapter seven in Matthew is is got to be one of the scariest chapters in the entire Bible, um, yeah. because 
what Christ is talking. Christ is talking to believers here. Oftentimes people look at that verse, you know, chapter, I mean, verses 13 and 14, and they yeah. see Christians and non-Christians, or cults and Christians, or this and yeah. that. And the thing yeah. is, is we know that Christ is talking to Christians because of several places. One, yeah. if you scroll down a little bit further, it, and it, it says in verse 20, Wherefore, yeah, by your fruits, you right. will know them. And, yeah. and, and he, he says, uh, Not everyone that, that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Phil, there is only one group of people that call Jesus Christ Lord, big L. Yeah. And yeah. that is Christians, period. Yeah. And, and you see other places here in Matthew 7 where he's identifying believers. And so Amen. what we're seeing here, when he says here, Enter ye the, the, the straight gate, uh, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go therein at. And, yes. and what he's saying here is that there's going to be a lot of people who claim the title. There's going to be a lot of people who think they're Christians. They're on a broad way. They, they, they're all in it. I mean, look at all these megachurches and, and everything and how purpose-driven they are and all yes. these good works and stuff like that that they're doing and everything. And, I mean, you ever watch a Joel Olstein um, sermon? Uh, he holds up his yes, Bible sir. and says, this is my Bible, and, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. And then he never opens it up again. And, and, and the thing is, is that people need to understand that, you know, few there be that find it. I, I, I hear, I'm going back to the rapture again, all these rapture folks thinking that, oh, the world's going to be in total chaos and destruction and blah, 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 because the rapture and planes falling out of the sky. And, I mean, total Tim LaHaye left behind, you know, bogus stuff. And, and, and the thing is, is Scripture, verse 14 says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. That means that there truly are only few who are, are true Bible-believing Christians, who are saved, who understand it. Few there be that find it. And, and I mean, there's times, Phil, that I, I wake up and I do a checkup from the neck up, making yeah. sure that I'm right with the Lord, that I'm a Christian, because yeah. I don't want to be on the broad way. I want... Yeah. Buddy, you know what I want to hear? I, I don't care about crowns. I don't care about anything else. I want to walk before the Lord, and when we get up there, when I stand before him, I want him to say, enter my kingdom, my good and faithful servant. You've done a Amen. good job. That Amen. is all I want, and I'm tearing yes, up indeed. here just thinking about it. Um, yes. But that's all I want. I want him yes. to say that you've done a good job. Yeah. And 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 the, and the exciting thing, Phil, is, and this is something that you can look forward to too, is yeah, that when we get up there, there's going to be people walking up to us, and he's going to say, "Phil, dude, you know what? I'm here because of you. You never met me, know me, or know anything of me, but because I heard one of your shows, or I looked at your Facebook, or this and that, you." Were affected me, and I became a, a follower of Christ. I am a Christian, and I was saved because of you. And oh, like, really? and I—that's <laughs> what I look forward to. 
is yeah. I, I, I wonder how many people are going to be walking up to me and 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 not that I'm looking for the glory or anything like yeah. that, but yeah. you know it it's going to be exciting to see yes, how sir. effective am I really because I I have to admit there's times that I'm wondering if I'm just a voice in the wilderness and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and is anybody Amen. listening. You know, yeah. at times I feel like the redheaded stepchild. You know, <laughs> and, and, and the, the people, you know, people look at me at times like deer in the headlights, and like, dude, you're crazy. Uh-huh. What, am, you know, uh, yeah. you know, and <laughs> and so I, you know, it, it's it's. I just want I just want to hear God say, "Enter my kingdom, my good and faithful servant." That's all. That's yeah, all man. I want. I don't. I don't. I really yeah, don't better. want anything else. But yeah, that that. What that means, though, is that there's a lot of people that think they're they're born again Christians. They think they're Christians and everything. Heck, Oprah Winfrey even claims to be a Christian. You know, yeah. there was a really interesting uh, study uh, done by by Phil Barna back about four or five years ago, and mm-hmm. what he did is he he he, he um, oh gosh um, polled a lot of people in the in in the nation, and and he said. This is a biblical worldview. Do you believe in a biblical worldview? And and basically, you know, the virgin birth, the inerrant word of God, Christ died, rose again on the third day, lives again, stands at the right hand of God, you know, all this other, I mean, Bible, basic Sunday school 101 stuff. And, yeah. and that's a biblical worldview. Well, yeah. you know, 6% of our population only believe in a biblical worldview. Where wow. I mean, and so flip flip that number. That means ninety four percent of the American public does not believe in a biblical worldview. Ninety four percent of America does not believe in a biblical worldview. And yet, wow. the Pew Research did a a poll, and seventy five to eighty percent of of America associate themselves as Christian. Wow. So, what's the deal here? <laughs> you know, and 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 so. Few there be that find it. That 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 Barna Group uh, poll just proves it right there. Six yes, percent of our nation believes in a biblical worldview. Yes, and sir, yes. you know it's it, it it's you know so few there be that find it. And and Amen. so no, I don't see airplanes dropping out of the sky. I don't see <laughs> massive chaos and, and and all this other stuff happening when the rapture, like so many people like to claim, it's going to be a blip on the radar. I mean, mm-hmm. here, let me ask you this: Remember that big tsunami that wiped out a bazillion people and everything? Yeah. Do you remember that? Which okay. One? Where did it take place? Huh? Which well, one? There was one in. Well, there was. Which one do you want to pick? Uh, What's the biggest the one, one that we happened. have recently? What was that one that happened in um, the South America? It was one that happened, and they raised a lot of money for that. I'm trying to remember what city that was. I mean, what country that was. Um, man, well, there was one. The equator, so there was one. What? There was one down in. Um, man, what 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 country? That, no, it was in Africa. I think it was. No, yeah. no, wrong. No? <laughs> Indonesia was where it took Indonesia. place. Indonesia, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, when did it take place? What is that, 2009, 10? It's, it's an easy date to remember. When did it take place? Not even, not even what year it took place, but when. What time of the year did it take place? 
June? Nope, and eh, wrong on two. How many people died? <laughs> uh, probably about 27,000. Eh, wrong. Again, three strikes are out. <laughs> Dude, you just, you, you just were the example of what the rapture is going to be. Uh, and, and what it was, is it was a tsunami caused by the 9.1 earthquake down in Indonesia. Um, and over 300, it was about 275,000 people, 275,000, over a quarter of a million people vanished. Poof, gone. They, wow. they were swept out into the ocean, and they're all fish chum. They're gone. Yeah. Nowhere. And and even more even died and everything after that. I think the casualties were something like 350, 400 and something thousand people, a half a wow. million people. And, yeah. and and so, but what's interesting, and, and I point this out to people, is like, folks, you think the rapture is going to be some big, huge headline and everything like that? You know, here's this tsunami, and it actually took place on Christmas. That's why oh, it, was, it was uh, it was Our a couple days before Christmas or a couple days after Christmas, yeah. and and because the resorts were filled and everything like that, and um, and just that, and that's why so many people died because everybody was on yeah. holidays and this and that, yeah. blah 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 blah. But I, I always use that example because here people can't even remember this massive. It was one of the largest death tolls of, of people in, in, in a bazillion yeah. years. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's, it's huge, a massive amount. And then the earthquake was a 9.1. That's still the largest earthquake that we've had in, in 100 years or, or since they've been kind of recording it. It was a massive earthquake. And, and so, yeah, our memory, we can't remember it and everything. So do you think people are going to remember the, the, the rapture and everything? Again, it's just going to be a blip on CNN. You know, well, I, mean, I know, people, I know and, and so that. Again, I go, this, this backs up the, you know, Matthew seven fourteen. Few there going to be, few yeah. there be that find it. There aren't well, God very said, many people. Yeah, God said I'll send them a strong delusion to their believed lies. Mm-hmm. So even if there was planes crashing and things happening, the church that that I see today, and the people that I, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, brother. I got people in my family. Um, and I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but who believe that uh, they can, and I'll give you a hint, they can go to school and say, you know, raise their hand, and, you know, they're having a class discussion, well, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I didn't really know that. You know, and uh, I I tell them, this individual, that, you know, my, you know, I wasn't, for me, I, I don't believe that I was a bad example but I wasn't the best example either. But at the same time, you know, I try to tell them, like, if you run track and you're on a team or you're on a you know, football team, if you are on that team, you're, you're dedicated to that team. And your life is for temporarily given to that team, especially if you sign an NFL contract. So, yeah. and, and, you know, and I tell them about my wife, you know, she works – you know, at the hospital, I, I, you know, I used to be in the military, and I was dedicated mm-hmm. to that place that I was a business. Now, yep. how much more if I say I'm a Christian or I'm a follower of Christ or I believe that Christ is not only my Savior, but he's my Lord and Savior, how much more you, we should be dedicated to him? 
and live yep. for him every day of our life. And I, I kid you not, they believe, they, they hear wah, 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 wah. And, it's, and maybe it's because, of, you know, maybe it's because of, you know, their friends and their influence, because they always say this. Instead of saying Reverend Johnson said this, or, or let's go back, Jesus said this, and Jesus said that, or Robert Johnson said this, or my brother at work said that, or my sister at school said that, people tend to say my friend said this. And my, my, my 10-year-old, my 10-year-old, or even my 18-year-old son thinks when their friend says something, you better listen. But when yeah. the parent says something, when the parent says something, it's it, it doesn't you know okay whatever. Or when they yeah. you know so so they go to church on Sunday because I work you know I'm thinking about even changing my schedule because they kind of I kind of got into a position where I'm working on the, on the weekend so I'm gonna probably think about re, revamping my my schedule. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I asked them what do you learn on Sunday at church. And so I said, and he, you know, they talk, told me what they learned at church. And I said, you know what, I better change my schedule because I need to be at church and to find out what they're learning. And and, and, and that's why I was going to ask you, the last generation, let's talk about the generation. What do, you, what do you see not only in the church but in our society? Because, like, this, this, this young girl gets on television and she just does all kinds of crazy stuff. Where is our Where is oh, yeah. our generation? Where is, what's going on with this generation? What, where is it going? Yeah. And I well, say. here, I mean, it's it's. I um, I'm doing a Bible study, and yeah. I'm doing an online Bible study, and and you're more than welcome to join in and everything. I do a Bible okay. study on Friday nights, and yeah. it is uh, blah 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 blah. Um, but I'm, I'm teaching, my, 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 my thing is called the keys of spiritual survival. Yeah. But last week what I did is I talked about uh, 2 Timothy 3.1. I was showing people where are we today. And, yeah. and 2 Timothy 3.1 through 5 give an excellent example. It says, know, the, know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of them own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pressure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from, sir, from such, turn away. That is a, is, that's a perfect example of what yeah. we live today. And yes, and that's not and in fact that's a perfect example. You were asking about where our, where this generation is. It's there. That's them. Second yeah. Timothy three one through five. <laughs> perfect picture. It is. It's exact. I mean, we we see here disobedient to, to parents, unthankful, unholy, uh, without natural affection, and that's a biggie. I mean, meaning, yeah. and we're seeing that. I mean, women are are aborting and killing their kids left and right. Um, and it says here, men shall be lovers of themselves. And, and when I, it was interesting, I was doing some research on this. This basically was a, was a, a major narcissism. And, you know, it's all about me. Who cares about anybody else? It's me to the point where you do not matter. And, and if you die in the gutter, who cares? It's all about me. And and that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing a, a, a narcissistic behavior, a narcissistic at, attitude, in in the world and everything. But again, people, children, disobedient to parents. We're seeing that big time. 
I mean, unthankful, yeah. big time, unholy, you know, big time. I mean, I see, I see people going, I am blown away at people who claim to be Christians. I mean, Miley Cyrus claims to be a Christian, and look at what she was doing. Wow. You know, she she was, you know, she's just, I hate to use the word, Miss Slutty. And, yeah. and just out <laughs> on that stage doing stuff, and, and just the crowd, I mean, this is her own peers. They were freaking out. And, wow. and I mean, it, it was amazing. Uh, Twitter had the highest texting or tweeting in history because of Miley Cyrus and the things that she was doing on stage. I mean, there wow. were people in her own peers complaining. It's like, you know, this, is, this was worse than a strip club. And, wow. and so, I mean, I started watching some of the video. I couldn't watch anymore. I mean, I wow. honestly couldn't. It was just, it was absolutely disgusting. And, wow. and yeah. you know, there's not much that can disgust me anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and she did. It was disgusting. I just, I couldn't watch it anymore. It was just, yeah. and the thing is, is I started getting mad. And then I actually started feeling sorry because she is a product of this generation. She's yeah. a product because her, her father and her family are quote-unquote Christians. And, and they're, they're the, these lukewarm, wannabe, want-want Christians. And look at what they've allowed their daughter to, to turn out to be. And, yeah. and so, you know, it's... But this is what we're seeing, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I mean, yeah. this, is, this describes today to the T. And, and, you know, this is Bible prophecy yeah. right there. And, right and again, there. you can, I, I tell folks, don't, you know, don't look at America, but you know what? This is just, that paints up big old picture of america right there that's us and it makes me sick you know it's 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 i I don't know if you know i live in costa rica now i i moved i got out of america i can't i can't stand america anymore so we we got out (laughs) and 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 so you know but I'm also one who believes that judgment is coming to America, and yeah. and we're just seeing things get worse and worse and worse. And yeah. and God God has got a template on how He judges nations. Read yeah. Isaiah five, incredible. Um, and that's yeah. what I kind of talked about just this last week uh, in uh, my Bible study was going over Isaiah five and how God judges the nations and everything. And it's interesting yeah. God's template on how He judges a nation. He, it shows in Isaiah, and there's portions of Jeremiah and everything. But it's interesting in, in England from 1550 to 1650, England went through the same thing that we did, and we are, you know. Yeah. And and England um, suffered God's judgment and and suffered God's uh, template of judgment upon the nations. And and it's weird what what happened and and, and everything. The they're fine. And I honestly believe that we as a nation, we have one more final big event. And and if we don't turn back to God at that one big final event, then God's just going to say, he's done. And, and basically yeah. put us under bondage. And, yeah. and, you know, and we're going to just be lost to our ways. Um, England never recovered. It was in 1666, the London Fire. They never recovered, ever. They were never a world power, ever again. 
And now they yeah. were a big nation and helped and everything, but they never became the world power that they were in those first in those Elizabethan uh, years and, and and everything like that. And we're doing the same thing. And and in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, "There's nothing new under the sun." We keep repeating our sins over and over again, and and that's yeah. what we're doing. Um, it's scary to look at what's happening in in America today, and and we're I, I see Nazi Germany, and yeah. everything that's happening happened before, and it just seems that people, and again, King Solomon wrote about this in Ecclesiastes, that the people don't see it. They don't see that they're repeating their sins. They don't see that they're, that all is vanity and that, you know, all this happened before and everything. They, they ignore it until God finally comes down and, and, and does them in, too, and everything. It's the same, it's that sin nature within us, and, and we think it's all new, but it isn't. It's, it's old, it's ancient. And and it's scary because I see what's happening, and basically there, there's two time periods. I'm a big history person. There's two time periods that where we are right now in our nation, um, I see us in, in, in civil war, pre-civil war, or pre-Nazi Germany World War II. And in both of those, if you study history, both of those, both of those time frames, America fits right now. And in both of those time frames, were horrible. The result was horrible bloodshed and death and persecution and and all kinds of stuff. And, wow. and that's what I see what's going to happen in America. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, like it or not, and I hate to talk. You know, people think it's conspiracy, but you know, there's FEMA camps being built all over, and yeah. and they're there. They're, they yeah. are there, and they're not building they them for a reason. You know, they are building them for a reason. They're, you know, yeah. so and and the thing is, is that we did this before to our own people. Back in World War II, we interned, you know, Japanese and Italians and Polish and Germans and stuff, and pulled them out of their homes and stuck them out in, in internment camps and everything. During the Civil War, mm-hmm. we did the same thing. I mean, our history repeats itself, and so here we've we've got all these things happening. In fact, I don't know if you paid attention, Phil. In San Antonio, they passed the bill that is the no intolerance bill. So Uh basically, if you've ever been intolerant to the gay and homosexual, LGBT, or whatever it is, stinking agenda, if you've ever been intolerant of that, you cannot run for a city city political position. You cannot Mm -hmm. work for a city. You cannot have a business with a contract with the city, or you cannot have an employee in your business if you have a contract with the city. So basically, they're oh. saying that if you've got a Bible-believing Christian or you are a Bible-believing Christian, you can't mm-hmm. have any business whatsoever with the city of San Antonio, Texas. Wow. And, and that passed just last week, last Thursday. Whoa, and, man. buddy, I mean... W- this is exactly what Hitler did. He started making laws against the Jews and everything. And, and I tell yeah. people, I go, folks, listen, wake up. Because like the Jews who had to sew on those little yellow stars, that's yeah. next. We're going to be sewing on little yellow crosses to identify ourselves. And it's going to get to a wow. point where, in fact, it's already happening. In in Arizona, you heard about that, um, that, that, that um, photographer who, who turned down business from a from a gay wedding? He didn't want it. He was taken oh, yeah. to court. Yeah, my wife was telling me about that. Yeah. And then also in the the Kleins, I think up in Oregon or Colorado or something like that, a bakery, Melissa Klein, Melissa and Aaron Klein, 
lost their business because they refused to make a gay wedding cake. They they yeah. were they were made the bad guys. I just read today wow. that they lost everything. They they are bankrupt. They've lost their business. Wow. They've lost everything because of this. And so wow. a Christian today in business cannot stand up for his morals and 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 biblical fortitude. You know, it is yeah. now against the law, and and more and more laws, and more it's going to get stricter and harder and everything, and it's happening. It's, it's this is exactly what happened in Nazi Germany with the Jews, and people don't see it. They don't want yeah. to see it, but it's coming, and people need yeah, to fair. wake up and smell the coffee, and yeah, and you know, it's it's you know, uh, man, it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Yes, and sir. It's yes, scary. sir. Um, yes, and but people, but the thing is, and this is what I tell folks, is that no matter what, Christ is still on the throne. He is Amen. still in charge. He is going to see us through. But Amen. we've got to get our lives right with the Lord. And this is why I'm doing my Bible study with my readers and everything is help them prepare to 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 withstand this this storm because the storm is coming. The storm is here. And yeah. and I've and I've been preaching preparedness now for five years. So my readers have food and water and all the stuff. This stuff stored up. But I've been yeah. wanting it's it's critical for them to get a good biblical foundation and know what they know and know why, and then even take it further, be able to explain it to others and 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 things. But the key is to spiritual survival. They've got to understand this because, you know, we are living. It's, if you think that Nazi Germany was bad, it's going to be worse. It's going to be far yeah, worse. Really. It's always been. I mean, you look at the you look at the Revolutionary War because that was our first turning point in in history, and then you look at the Civil War, which was another turning point, and then our the Great Depression and World War II. It's gotten doubled as worse every time. We've had more and more bloodshed, more and more loss, more and more persecution. Yeah. Well, yeah. look at what happened during the Great Depression and World War II and and, and such. We are coming up on the time frame for it to happen again because we can, can we keep repeating our sins, and yeah. so it's going to be double as worse as what happened in the Great Depression and World War II. It's going to be yeah. horrible, and people are thinking that they they're going to have a sunny, rosy you know heyday, and oh, it's going to be okay, and you know we're just one election away, and blah blah blah. Yeah. No, it ain't. It's it's going to be worse. And so we need to be secure in God. We need to be secure in our in the Word. And I'm a I'm a hardcore King James person, yeah, and too. and I catch a lot of flack of it because, and, and the thing one of the things I told I wrote an article and and I caught a lot of flack out of this one um, um, called the Deity of Christ, but questioning the deity Christ and and one of the things I point out is that all these modern versions did not get people through the fire did not get through people through the tri- tri- you know, tribulations that they have you know Corey Ten Boom you know had pages of the King James and hidden in her clothes she didn't have pages of the NIV or the ESB or something like that POWs quoting the 23rd Psalm you know did not have didn't memorize it in the in the modern English version or the New World Translation or they memorized it in the King James. You know, over and over, people who've been persecuted and suffered persecution and suffered, you know, these great calamities and tribulations and everything, it is the King James that has been through the fire and everything like that. We have a storm and a time of tribulation coming. And and you want the best odds for you and your family. 
Are you going to put your faith in a stinking ESV or some message or something like that? No, grasp on to the best thing you can to put the best in, in your favor. I mean, are you going to go out, you're talking about buying survival food and everything like that. Are you going to go out and buy a bunch of Cracker Jacks and, and, and other junk? No, you're going to buy the best that you can for that you can for your family because that is what's going to get them through the storm. The same thing, you want the best word of God that you can. And and people are giving me flack for it and, and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, man, yeah. folks, don't you understand the King James was there? It's been it's, it's been tried. It's true. It's been through the fires. Four hundred something years old, and it's still standing. And and you're going to trust in some of these NIVs and ESVs and NASBs and all this other junk, modern day junk that's only been around for fifty years. Yeah. You know, come on, your your family is going to suffer because of it. You know, Amen. put all the odds that you can in your favor, and like it or not, I don't care if you don't, you know, if it's hard for you, buy a stinking dictionary and stop being stinking lazy, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> get off your duff and, and, and grow Amen. a backbone, you know, yeah. so hard times are coming, and you need as many odds as you can in your family's favor and your favor so that you can lead them through this coming storm. It's coming, Amen. and it's, 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 on, it's on the doorstep, and people still don't want to see it. They don't want yeah. to, you know, and, and what's going to happen is, is these people are going to be, become victims of the storm. They're going to be washed away. Yeah. They're going to, I, I hate to say it, they're going to die. Period. Yeah. And they're yeah, gonna, they're going to die in regret because they should have said, "Man, we should have listened to Phil. We should have listened to Ray. They were right. Yeah. You know, why yeah. didn't we listen? Why didn't we do more? Why didn't we? You know, it's like you know, imagine being those people knocking, banging on the door of the ark after the rain started. You know what? You missed the boat. Too bad. So okay. sad. And yeah. and you know, you lost it. You missed it. You should have done. You know, the, the parable of the ten virgins, you know, the five who had the oil and the five who didn't, there's yeah. going to be a lot of folks out there who didn't have oil, and Amen. they're going to miss the boat. And, and there are going to be people like us, Phil, who, who saw the writing on the wall and did the right thing for our families and everything. And the thing is, Phil, is that when we get out, when we walk out on the other side of this storm, yeah. it's going to be us then who are going to lead the, the the church again. We're going to be the ones that are going to be sharing the gospel. And this is why I tell, you know, always be ready to share the hope that's, you know, that's within us in meekness and in fear because when we step out, when that storm is over, people are going to be looking for hope. They're going to be looking for salvation. And when people are times, that is the best time to witness to them because they have ears to hear. And we're right now, they don't really care or anything, but they're going to. And we have a chance to make a difference for the Lord. And because, and, again, it goes back to Romans 12.1. It's our reasonable service. And there's just yeah. so many people out there that just don't get it. And, yes, and here I'm, I'm, I'm cutting you to run out of time, buddy. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, do, do you, um, do, well, are you able to come on at the end of the uh, month? Man, I will come on your show anytime. Okay, great. I, I great. Would, I would, it's an honor to be here, and I, I am, I am, I am honored deeply that you would have me on your show. And it's yes, just, sir. it's a joy to be able to 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 talk and preach, and I, and I know that I'm throwing a lot out there to people and, and stuff. In fact, I want to extend the the, the courtesy to you. 
and yeah. have you come on my show. I would love to have right. you come on my show and, and let's right. talk. And and okay. wonderful thing, Phil, is that and I know you only got a couple minutes left, but have you and I ever met before? Uh no, not that I think of. No. Not at <laughs> all. We've never met face to face, have we? Nope. No, we haven't. You don't, and, and we don't know each other from Adam and everything. But you know what? I feel a bond of of the Holy Spirit between the two of us. We are in one accord mm-hmm. because because we are brothers in the Lord. And yeah. and and when I see you and I hear you, when I was listening to you and everything, I was going, "This is a right on guy, man. He gets it. He's a brother in the Lord. There is that bond mm-hmm. in the Spirit between us, and yes, and that's." That's the wonderful thing about uh, about truly being a Christian, is that it doesn't matter. We can be worlds apart and and countries apart and miles apart, and yet we have that bond of Jesus Christ running between, running through us, and it's yes, that sir. brothership that, that we have. And and to be honest, I feel like I've known you for a million years, and yes, and sir. I and I, I've got that. Got that kinship with you and everything. Even though I've never met you or anything, yes, there's that brotherly love that we have between each other. That I could sit here and I could spill my heart to you, and I know yes, that sir. you would understand, and I know that you would, you would, you would, you know, pray for me and all the. We could sit here and talk forever, like we were yes. best buds on the block. And yes, because sir. of Jesus Christ who died for us, and yes. it was his blood. His blood covered you. His blood covered me. And we are brothers in, in Christ. And and it's exciting. You know, a lot of people get scared, but it's exciting to live in, in, in today as a, as a Christian. The things yes. that we're seeing, we're seeing the literal hand of God. And it's just, it's exciting. And people yes, don't get it. And it, just, it blows me away. Like, why aren't you getting this, man? This is awesome. Where do you, where do you live? Yeah. Oh, uh, Spokane, where do you Washington. Live, Phil? Spokane, Washington. Where? Spokane. Okay, Spokane, Washington. How do you remember back in the olden days? And I'm kind of. It talks about an e-ticket ride. Remember going to Disneyland and we were talking about an e-ticket ride? How the cool rides were all e-ticket rides, man. That's what Christianity yeah. is, man. Christianity. Being true to the faith and and being in in, in in reasonable service to Him and and being an ambassador to the Lord is like an e-ticket, right? It's an exciting life. You know, God never promised us a rose garden, but you know what? He's never promised that He will never leave us or forsake us. And and it's exciting. Some of the trials and tribulations that I've been through and everything, but every step of the way, God has been there and has seen me through the storms and and everything. It's an exciting time to be alive. So, hey, man, yeah, I'm going to let you uh, go. Okay. Um, to give them some information, Give us some information on how they can um, attend your uh, Bible study and also give us some information on how they can go to your website and find more about your ministry. Sure. Um, My website is called Prophezine, P-R-O-P-H-E-Z-I-N-E, Prophezine. And, in fact, if you you type in Ray Gain on Google, I'll pop up somewhere. Look for the URL. You see Prophezine. Um, But I just started a Bible study, and, and it's been growing like crazy. Um, what was last last Friday? I think I had like 35. This past Sunday, I, I had 15. Um, yes. And this was my second study. And, yes, and so, um, so prophesying.com. But my my Bible study is on Pal Talk, P-A-L-T-A-L-K dot com. And I'm trying to uh, 
get more and more people involved so that we can keep our provisine room open more. And yeah. and what I'm finding is that people don't have churches. And yeah. so the provisine room is turning into a church. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> people from all over the U.S. are coming in, and we're praying for each other and fellowshipping yeah. and encouraging and teaching and opening the Word. And, I mean, it's church. And so it's it's wonderful. Um, but, yeah, yeah caltalk.com. And do a search on Prophecy or do a search on Ray Gano. And then also Facebook. Um, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ray Gano. Um, yes, but, yeah, I'm, I'm out there. Read my articles. I'm not a, a – I'm a hardcore – I call myself a Spurgeonite, you know, Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> I, yeah. I equate m- mostly with him. He was on yeah. an on-fire, hardcore, no-bars-held sort of guy, man. If yeah, you were sure. sinning and everything, he got in your face and he said <laughs> it. And, yeah. and that's kind of how I am, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But that well, guy got a hold of me and – go ahead. Okay, so um, so what what uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna make sure I uh, hook up with you guys on Friday because I was looking for a place on even online that I can actually trust, and, mm-hmm. and that that didn't happen for a long time. So now, yeah, I'm gonna come and visit you. you say on Friday, right? Uh, Friday nights at uh, six o'clock six o'clock Pacific, seven okay. seven Mountain, eight Central, Sweet. nine Eastern. But the best thing to do is is go to my website, prophecy.com, and register. Because if you okay. register, you're going to automatically get my emails. And okay. I will send out on Thursday the announcement as well as a PDF document of the worksheet. Uh-huh. So you can kind of follow along with the, with yes, the Bible study and, and everything like okay. that and kind of, kind of do the homework and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that sounds great, brother. All right, I'll, I'll be there. And trust me, I will be there. All right, so thank you for coming on. You're a blessing. Uh, and um, I want to try to get you on at the end of the month again um, and talk okay. about Syria and all this other stuff. So God bless you, man, and you have a wonderful night and a wonderful rest of the week. Okay. Well, zap me an email, and I would love to get you on PZ Radio. Honestly, I don't have any guests this week. And so oh. if you're up to doing a quick radio show, I would love yeah. to be honored to have you on this week. Okay. All right. Thank you. So God bless you. Email. All yes, right. Bye. All right. That was Ray Gino, and um, we uh, are going to go off. But uh, hopefully, it's still recording. <laughs> hopefully, we're still getting recorded. But God bless y'all, um, and have a wonderful night. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on The Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.